0: Called who do you love, and, um, and we've been talking about who are, who are we supposed to love? Who do, who do we love? And the Bible talks about that. The Bible gives us a couple of people or a couple of groups of people that we should love. And, and obviously, you, you guys were, you're born and you should you love your mom and you should love your dad. But the Bible is clear about some people that we should love. And so we kind of been unpacking that. Uh, Diane and I uh, just spent the last couple of days um, in, in Dallas, and um, we were hanging out with some of our friends. And man, it's so good for us. Diane and I were youth pastors for. Um, Three and a half years in Jacksonville, and then we moved to Orlando, Florida, and we were in youth ministry for about six years, and for two years we were in family ministry, but we love, 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 love that we've been in ministry for as long as we've been in ministry for, and and that we have a long way to go, but we love going to different places and seeing our kids, and and, uh, we were seeing some of our kids, they're now serving in ministry, and they're now um, doing... doing things that we thought, man, that, that God would call them to, but we really didn't know if they would jump into it. And so we see them doing ministry, and it always makes our, ha- our hearts happy to kind of go and see that. And we were at a conference at one of the largest churches in the country, and you would think that would be exciting for us today. That was exciting for us, but the most exciting part for us was being able to see our friends and, our, and see our students who are now adults and now getting older in life and to them serving, serving the Lord. And so we just believe that God's called us to change the world. That's what kind of that's kind of Dionysian mission statement for our life, and and I would I would venture to say for all of us, and say our, our our goal in life should, should be to change the world as, as best we can. And and uh, as we were up there, we got news of, of what the tragedy happened in, in South Florida this past this past week, and it breaks our heart. And and I just I just believe that uh, there's a, there's a cure for all that kind of stuff. I, I really believe, in, and we believe the cure for the for the world and for people is, is a person, and his name is Jesus. And we believe that Jesus can change a lot. He can change pe- change people's lives, and and so we want we want to spread the gospel as fast as we. can. We want to share there's a God who loves people to as many people as we possibly can all around the world. And we want to start churches all around the world so people can know that God loves them and God's got a plan for their life. And they have, they have something they can actually live for. And, and, and his name is Jesus. And we have a place that we can go after we die. And it's a place called heaven. And so we want to spend our, our life promoting, promoting that message. And the only way for us to do that, the only way for us to share love with the, to, for those people's lives to be changed, is, is for us to introduce them to, those people to Jesus. And the way that we do that is by loving those people. God's called us to love people. That is what we're bent on here at this church. And so the question we're asking ourselves over the next few weeks is, who do you love? Who do you love? And so we looked at a verse of scripture last week, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. The Bible says this, let love be your highest goal. Love ought to be our, our highest goal. I have people come to me all the time, and they're asking me questions, and they're, and they're saying to me, hey, well, how should I do this, and how should I do this? And I'm like, man, you got to love people. That's what you ought to do with your life. You got to spend your life loving people. Some of you guys are incredible at this. Like you just, you just wake up and you just, it's, it's natural for you to love people. It's kind of in your wheelhouse. You love to love people. And it's the thing that God's called us to do in John chapter 13, verse 34 through 35, God packs the Ten Commandments into two commandments. And he says this, I'm giving you guys a brand new commandment or a new commandment. I I think it's important to know that Jesus doesn't use the word brand new. He says it's a new covenant. It's really not a new covenant. It's the same thing that he does in the Old Testament, but he packages into the New Testament so we can get our minds around him. He knew that our generation would have a lot of ADD. So he's like, hey, they're not going to remember (laughs) ten. They're going to lose track, so let's pack it into two commandments. And, And so many times we mess these two commandments up, but the Bible says this, I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. The world would know about Jesus by the way that we love them. Not about the Christian t-shirt that we wear, not about our postings, why that may be an indicator, but the world will know that we love them. The world would know that we're disciples by the way, that we, the way that we love. I was at a conference this, this past week and, and um, we kept on hearing, every time we'd pull into the parking lot, we would hear, we would hear a bullhorn. And I've, I've told you guys about going to downtown land and those guys with the bullhorn saying, hey, you're dying to go into hell if you go into those places. And, and, I, I, and I see these guys and I was like, hey, Danny goes, hey, those, there's bullhorn people. We're at a, catch this, we're at a church conference. The conference is to help people go out and to change the world, to love more people. There's a guy outside of the, of the conference, I didn't, I didn't tell you this, Val, and I got a picture. Let me send it to you guys uh, for, for next service. But there, I got a picture of this guy and, and, and the, and the, and the guy's young and he's preaching Bible verses. From outside, he's on inside, he's outside. He has his car and he has a sign that, that's, that's, that's planted in my mind and the pastor of that church, his name is Ed Young and the sign said, they're, they're reading the verses, First Timothy this and you hear him saying John three sixteen, 16 and, and, um, and they're reading verses about God's love and about God's plan for the world and there's a sign next to their thing that says, the guy that's, that put on the conference, his name is Ed Young. The sign read this, Ed Young, going to hell. <laughs> on their property, and I'm, I'm glad all my CrossFitters weren't there because they would, those are the kind of guys, they're saved, the CrossFit crew, they're saved but barely. They're the kind of guys that'll go there and break someone's neck for Jesus, you know? Like, I don't ever want anybody to come out there with a bullhorn on our campus because these guys will go out there and handle business and we'll have a, there, there's not an army big enough to stop the, this crew and only half of them are here now but we get them all in two, the same exact service, it's, it's game over. But they're saying, Joel, um, um, Ed Young, going to hell. And in the, in the graphic, they've had enough time to print these signs, and the graphic was flames. <laughs> I'm like, man, you guys are savages, and, and they're preaching off verses, and it just blew my mind that they think, there's some people think that going out there and making a stance or walking around with a bullhorn or, or talking bad about everybody else is going to change the world, let people know that you're a follower of Jesus. The way that people are going to know you're a follower of Jesus is by how you love. So my question for you is who do you love? Last week we looked at this idea of I love my I love my city. And the city kind of represents the people that really aren't close to us. Kind of the place that you go, the the, the restaurants that you go to, the, the places around you that you don't the people that you don't really know well, you just kind of bump it to them, to them one time. And we, we kind of looked at two ideas last week that wherever you go, you ought to leave it better. Wherever you go, you ought to you ought to leave it better. Better than better than you found it. You ought to leave people, you ought to you ought to leave people knowing, man, they man, they they care. There's something different about them. They, they, they left it better. I, I left my, uh, I, I got home yesterday and I saw a guy on the outside of our, uh, of our community. He was walking around picking up trash and I, I, that's a guy who's, who's leaving it better, who's leaving it better. I grew up in a church where my pastor always made me pick up trash and that's the kind of guy who what he was teaching me was to, was to leave it. You ought to, you ought to leave it, leave it better and, and whoever you meet, with last week we looked at this other idea that whoever you meet, you ought to leave them encouraged. Whoever you meet, You ought to leave them, you ought to leave them encouraged. We left, um, we left uh, Dallas on, um, we we were hanging out with some of our friends. We were having, we were having ice cream. It wasn't low fat, but we were having ice cream um, late at night when you're supposed to eat it at night. So it sits on your stomach and and we're having ice cream and and with our friends and I like, Hey, I need to give, I need to give her some money. And she's so I gave, I went to go give this girl money who was in our youth group. And it was so cool. This little girl, she's, she's in our youth group and she just had a tough go. And she lived with us for a couple of years and she, she, she went back home and got into a group, group of, of, of just a bad situation and, and, and just got caught with some, with some wrong people. And it's important that you surround yourself with the right people because as go your friends, so do you go. That's the way you're going. And so she was telling me, she, right before we left, I think goes, um, we got to give her some money. And so she, she reached in her pocket and she, Roll out some cash, and she's like, give it to her. She's like, you give it to her. I'm like, thanks, you know. And, and so she wouldn't take it from me, so, I, you know, me, I just savage. I just opened up the door and threw the cash in there and slammed the door and rolled my window up, and we, we left. And I, I, I was so encouraged by that because I, my, my wife and I, we've just committed to leaving people better and leaving them encouraged, and leaving them encouraged. When I gave my, my, my daughters in ministry hugs when we left um, last Thursday, I said, hey, I'm so proud of you guys. You guys are doing so good. I'm, I'm so proud of you guys. Come and see us. We love you guys. We're proud of you guys because we want to leave people we want to leave people encouraged but there's a group of people that it's they're a little bit closer to you than everywhere you go there I want to talk to you about your community and and I kind of I I kind of divide, define community this as the people that they're the closest to you they're the people that you're around all the time they're people that you're sitting they're sitting next to you right now or they're the people that maybe they maybe they're your family or maybe they're your they're your closest group of friends and and I want to talk to you guys today about your about your about your community. Here's what's important to know about your about your community is that the people around you they will either build you or they'll bury you. I mean, if you've been around long enough to know, if you've lived long enough, you know the people around you they'll either they're gonna either gonna build you or they're gonna bury you. I, I don't care. That's what that's one out of one people that you're hanging out with. They're gonna either they're gonna be building you up, they're gonna be encouraging you guys, or they're gonna be or they're gonna be pulling you down. They're gonna be they're gonna be burying you six feet under. And you can be living life and you can be existing with people and around people, but either they're building you up or, or they're or they're burying you. Those are kind of the two. The two options, and, and, and I think for a lot of us in here today, if you're, if you're honest in here today, I think a lot of us, we've kind of lost hope in humanity. I, I, I saw a friend uh, post something recently, and, and she basically was just saying this something around these, I mean, how, what's wrong, what's kind of, what's what's wrong with people? And I was talking to one of our educators that um, goes to our, that's brand new, she came last week and she came again this week, and I said, hey man, how, how was, I said, I prayed for you this week, I said, I, I was really concerned that you, you know, you, how, what kind of ripple effect that has in, in a school kind of what the ripple effect that has coming up this way and into your, and into, and to where you educate at. And if that affected all schools and the school that my kids go in, they were, uh, uh unlock, um, they were given out brand new, uh, lockdown, lockdown procedures. And, and I wonder, um, I, I think a lot of us, we've probably lost some, lost some hope in, in, in humanity. Man, there's just, man, what's wrong? You've probably said this week, man, what's, what's wrong with people? Man, why do, why do people, we've asked ourselves the question, man, why do, why do, why do people do such, such, such bad things? And, and, and we know, and that doesn't, that, I don't get hung up on that question a lot, and you shouldn't get hung up on that question a lot. The Bible's very clear, they answer that question. It's in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, and, and before we get to Romans chapter 3, verse 23, very back in, the, in Genesis, um, we've, we've seen that sin entered into the world, and because sin has entered the world, it's not leaving the world. It's sin's gonna be around forever until we die and 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 until we go into eternity. Sin has been around, but we've kind of lost hope in humanity. But the reason I don't I don't I don't expect anything less or anything crazy to happen, anything different from what the world is happening, what's happening in our world, because we all have an we all have an issue, we all have a a situation in our life. It's it's called sin. We all have sin in our lives. None of us are perfect here, none of us here today are are without sin. And so it's probably the reason why we've lost hope. In humanity, but I want to read a passage of scripture today that I think it's important to you. And and as we're talking today, start thinking about as as I read this passage scripture, you can follow on me. But kind of think about the people that you run with, think about your crew that you're that you're associated with, the people that you're that you spend you spend the, the most of your. Most of your time with the people that you're going out to eat with when you when you when you get in town when you come back from a trip and who are the people that you're texting that you want to you want to hang out that you want to spend time with or when you leave church today who is it that you're gonna say hey let's go get lunch with or hey let's go hang out or this week Monday Monday through Friday I was talking to a friend recently and I was like hey are you gonna come back to church she's like man I gotta get back she's like but I'm just drinking too much on Saturday nights to be at church on Sunday morning <laughs> so she told me I'm like fist bump for transparency I'm like that's my girl you know I love. I love that transparency. She's like, I'm just, I just, I just can't get up. And she said, what I found myself doing is because I've been, I've been, it's just, it's, it's, it's been a thing I've been doing every Saturday night and I got to, I got to quit doing that. And I, I was telling Dinah that people make the decision on Saturday night if they're going to come to church on Sunday. But we all have this thing in our life that we're, a people we're hanging out with. I've said a thousand times that, uh, I, I said for a lot, a lot of times I've said, you guys show me your five closest friends. I'll show you. I'll show you where you're headed at, you know, or you're, average, you're, you're the average of your five closest friends. I used to tell kids in youth ministry, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. I used to always say that, guys, when I was a youth pastor. Hey, show me your friends, I'll show you where you're headed at. And, and my youth pastor said it to me, and probably his youth pastor said it to, said to him, but who you surround yourself with matters. Genesis chapter 37, um, verse 18. This is an awesome story if you're, if you're new to church um, this would have been a story that if, you, if you're new to church, I'm going to unpack it for you a little bit, but if, you're, if you've been coming to church for a long time, this would be a story that you would have found um, growing up in Sunday school. And I grew up going to Sunday school, and there was a thing back in the day, uh, students in here today, there was a thing called flannel graph. And uh, this would have been a flannel graph story. Anybody know how many of you adults here know what flannel graph is? Yeah, all of you guys. These, these kids don't know what they're missing, Fraley. <laughs> they don't know what they're missing. They've never seen the flannel graph. Like we have, now in, now in kids' church, we break out iPads for kids. Like, hey, we want to show you a story about this guy named Joseph. So in the Bible, Genesis chapter 37, verse 18, there's a guy by the name of Joseph. And, um, and I'm going to kind of unpack his story for you today. And, and we're going to read his story, just a little snapshot of a story. And we're going to talk about the people that were surrounding him the closest. This is his community, Okay. Talk about, um, well, let me just read it for you. You can kind of bring up your own, your own conclusions. Genesis chapter 37, verse 18. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, <laughs> they recognized him in a distance. That's good. And as he approached them, they made plans to kill him. It's gonna be a good Sunday, you know? How many of you know, if you go to your friend's house and, and, you, and you go to him and see him in a while, and he's going to find his brothers to check on him, to see what they're doing, and now they're talking about killing him. Dysfunctional. I mean, these are the people that are the close to them. Hey, we're going to kill you. Could you imagine if you walked into church and they said, hey, we're going to kill you. <laughs> Come on in, we're going to kill you. That's how this is going. This is a fail episode starting. Verse 19, here comes the dreamer, they said. He'd been known to interpret some dreams, and he had some dreams, and his, his brothers, they knew about the dreams. And Come on, let's kill him, and let's throw him into one of these cisterns. A cistern, by the way, is where they would have kept grain at. For those of you who don't know what a cistern is, I had to Google it. (laughs) We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. And then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. The people that are close to him, they're liars and they want to murder him, Okay. That, if you have any friends right now, they're talking about killing people, you want to get new friends, okay? Like, that's just a red flag. That's not a good Or if you have new friends that are saying to you, hey, um, they're, if, they're, if you have a friend who's a liar, like, there's practical stuff in Scripture. If you have a friend who's a liar, that's a terrible friend to have. Don't be friends with a liar. They're like, hey, we're going to kill him. Then we're going to tell, tell dad a wild animal is eating him. Verse 21, <clears throat> Reuben heard of their scheme. He came to Joseph's rescue. This is, the, this is one of the brothers. He says, hey, let's not kill him he said, why should we shed any blood? Let's just throw him into this empty cistern. We're here in the wilderness. Then he'll die without our laying a hand on him. Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return to his father. There's a little bit of hope in the story, right? There's one guy (laughs) who's going to spare him. Like, hey, let's not kill him. Let's put him there. And I'm going to go back and I'm going to save, I'm going to go back and, and save his life and Remember I told you guys a few weeks ago, we talked about relationships. We talk about relationships a lot. And there's a reason why we talk about relationships a lot is because Jesus was relational. And Jesus made you and I relational. I talked about you ought to have some friends that pray for you. You ought to have some, i about new people. You ought to have some friends that pray for you. You ought to have some friends that will stand with you. And you ought to have some friends that will fight with you. Now, I believe this about Reuben. Reuben was praying for him. <laughs> and Reuben was standing for him. But Reuben was not going to fight with him. And I think it's important that you have all three of those kinds of friends. So he says, hey guys, so when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. His dad had given him this jacket, by the way. It was a, it was a jacket with a lot of colors, okay? And it would it would work today in, in, our, in our society, this whole, you know, it's very metro. This is the kind of jacket this would have been. This would have lots of colors. And, and I, I, every time I read the story, I have this flashback. When I was a kid, Chris, my mom had bought me and Lathan, he won't remember this because he'll deny it, but my mom bought my, my brother and I uh, these matching outfits. I think my mom secretly wanted twins, so she bought us matching outfits. And the outfits that she bought, (laughs) it was uh it was unique it was a bunch of different colors she's not here Lauren I'm good to go it was at least she's not in here like I'm just gonna say what I want but it was these shorts and it was a bunch of different colors orange neon yellow neon green like they were hideous and it was it was this bright neon green shirt that matches one of the stripes it was terrible it was embarrassing, and so we had to walk around, and we had to walk around. Any of you guys have an outfit you remember that your mom or dad gave you, like, just it was a hideous outfit? You, you, guys, you guys all immediately had this, this outfit that you could automatically think, man, it was, it was hideous. And the problem with that is that if you're not careful, you'll be that parent that puts your kid in a hideous outfit. Don't repeat the sins of your mother, by the way. But they had these hideous, hideous, hideous clothes. You can't raise your hand, when you, because your mom's sitting next to you? But... <clears throat> I remember it, and this, this jacket had lots of colors. It was, it was bright, and the brothers did not like him because he was a dreamer, and he had this outfit, and this was the dad's favorite son. They grabbed him. They threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it at all, so that hurt him, obviously. Verse 25, then just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance, coming toward them. It was a group of Ishmaelite traders taking a load of gum, balm, and aromatic resin from Gilead down to Egypt. So these guys were some business owners that were headed down there to sell some things. Verse 26, Judah said to his brothers, Judah, what will we gain by killing our brother? Another ray of hope. I think Judah and Reuben were kind of like Dude, this isn't good. I think maybe they're sitting at the pink table, they're having food, and they're like, bro, I feel guilty. Like, could you imagine eating lunch right here, but knowing you just threw your brother in a cistern right on the other side of the wall? That is miserable. So they're eating lunch. That was a sad lunch. Some of the brothers, they didn't care. They were eating. The other two start feeling bad. The one says, hey, this is a bad idea. The other one says, hey, here's another shot at saving him. He goes, hey, instead of hurting him, let's sell him to those Ishmaelite traders. After all, he is... Um, he said after all he is our brother our own flesh and blood and his and his brothers agreed so when the ishmaelites who were midianite traders came by Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him in there for 20 pieces of silver and the traders took him to egypt verse 29 Some time later Reuben returned to get Joseph out of the cistern when he discovered that Joseph was missing so he wasn't in on that part of the story he tore his clothes in grief Verse 30, then he went back to his brothers and lamented, the boy is gone, what will I do now? Man, what a terrible, terrible story to preach on a Sunday morning or to even talk about. These guys are killing their brother. And like, hey, that's not gonna work. Let's sell him into, let's sell him into to slavery. Let's, let's be done with him. And, and now this other brother comes back and he didn't know the other brothers got him out. And now he's lamenting, he's sad. So verse 31, the, the, then the brothers killed a young goat Verse 30, he went back to his brothers and he lamented. Verse 31, then the brothers killed a young goat and they dipped Joseph's robe in its blood. Then they sent the beautiful robe to their father with the message, look at what we found. Doesn't this this robe belong to your son? Their father recognized it immediately. Yes, he said, it is my son's robe. A wild animal must have eaten him. Joseph Joseph has clearly been torn to pieces. Verse 34, then Jacob tore his clothes and dressed himself in a burlap. He mourned deeply for his son for a long time. His family all tried to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. I will go to my grave mourning for my son, he would say, and then he would weep. Verse 36 Meanwhile, the Midianite traders arrived in Egypt. We're going to catch up with this guy's story. They arrived in Egypt. They, were, they, they sold Joseph to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Potiphar was the captain of the palace garden. Terrible situation. I mean, how, talk about your worst day ever. My brothers who are supposed to love me. You're supposed to care for me. My dad loves me. My dad cares for me. He says, they say to him, he's going to go find his brother. My dad tells me, gives me directions to go find my brothers. And when he gets there, the brothers want to kill him. They, they have a failed attempt at killing him. Now, here's what I want to tell you today because I, I, I love good news. I don't like bad news. I like good news. Um, when I, some of our team, when we get together, we talk about highs and lows. I'd never want to share a low. And, and you guys know that when I, I go through tough times and I go through situations, where I don't want to talk about them. But I don't want to talk about the bad times. Well, I'm doing good, you know. Lee will ask me sometimes when I get to the gym. Hey, are you okay? Are you doing good? Or we had lunch. Hey, are you doing okay? Are you are you doing good? I'll say, yeah, man, I'm doing great. And he'll he'll say, hey, man, how, no, how are you? How are you really doing? I was at this conference this past week, and I walked into one of my friends. And I'm like, hey, how are you? Are you liking liking what you're doing? I you liking your, your situation. And she was like, yeah. As her, as her tears welled up with eyes, I said, sweetie, you're not liking it, are you? She's like, it's just different, and it's just, you know, it's, it's not what I, what, what I expected. And so we go through these times in life where we, we have these low situations, and Joseph is having a low situation. What I want to tell you today is that Joseph's story doesn't end there. It's where we're going to end today, and, and you've got to come back next week, and maybe we'll finish the story. But I know this, that Joseph goes through a situation where it was his worst day ever for a long time. He gets put into a place where, he's, where he becomes a slave, and, and you talk about no longer slaves, but this guy became a, became a slave, and he became a servant to this, to, this, to this man, and he ends up working his way up through the ranks. I mean, talking about entry level and making his way all the way to the top and becoming the CEO or the CFO of, this, of, this, of the Pharaoh's kingdom. I mean, he made it. He believed that his best days were ahead of him. He believed that God had a plan for his life. He believed that he was going to make it through. We, a lot of times we go through situations, and we stop. But we got to keep on going. Yesterday, one of my kids was quoting Psalms 23, and my son has developed this thing. where well, I think he's becoming a preacher's kid. He's kind of like, he's kind of like developing into it, but someone was talking about the other day, and he's like, come on with that. Preach that. That's good. He just said it. I don't even know where he was at. He's like, that's good. Preach that, you know, and my seven-year-old, and my three-year-old, he doesn't say anything about God. It's just it's a different scenario or situation. But he gets, this guy's having the situation is bleak. It's not going well. He's in the valley of the shadow of death, and he's not moving. He's like, man, this is miserable. But he keeps on walking, keeps on going, keeps on going. His family and his friends shaft him. The people that were closest to him or talk about build you or bury. They are burying him. He, is, he is, can't go any lower. It can't get, it can't get any worse. Can I remind you of something today? You and I were made to love. You were made to love. You, my, I, I was looking at my kids the other day, and, and my son and daughter, they were playing. I, I went and got a haircut yesterday morning. I came home. They were playing dress-up, and she was a princess. She went to three levels of princesses. It started off as just, just basic princess, and then it went to Elsa princess, and then it went to somebody other princess. I don't know I get lose track of all the princesses, but she went to three different levels of princesses, and the whole entire time when she's changing clothes become princess, he's still Captain Hook. Dude, just, taking a, just stabbing everybody, you know, future serial killer, like he's just swinging that sword, he's stabbing everybody, but she's going through all these but I realize My little three-year-olds, they love each other. They do love each other. They they, they she hugs them and, and she hugs them a little bit tighter. It's more of like a it's more of like a headlock when she, you know, she's trying to make them tap out when she when she hugs them. And and she really does, she really does love them. As a three-year-old, you you love them, but as we get older, we start losing hope. We start losing hope in humanity. And as we get older, we we forget to we forget to love people well. Or maybe not only do we forget love people, it's hard, it becomes harder for us to love people well. It becomes harder for us to trust people well. This guy, Joseph, I don't know how he loves his brother. A Spoiler, at the very end, he takes him back in. He puts his arms around him. He hugs him and says, man, I love you guys. Come back in. I, and he ends up taking care of him. The very people that were going to kill him, he ended up pulling them in and saying, hey, I got you guys. But here's what I know about Joseph. Joseph probably could have went through all the seasons that you and I have gone through in our life. If someone's ever pushed you away or rejected you, you've gone through some anger. You got some, you, get, you got some anger. I, I, I was hearing someone talk a few, oh, I was talking to, I was talking last night at dinner and one of the guys was having a flashback of the shower, But it, it's, you can immediately, some, if there's a way or something I can say to you that it, it can evoke some anger inside of you, some, 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 re, some frustration that had that that happened inside you. And so we, we go up our life, we're supposed to, we were meant to love, we're supposed to love, but what happens is, is people start stiffing arming us and they keep on pushing us away or we lose hope and humanity. We start going through all the emotions. And we have all, we build up these walls. We stack these walls up and say, hey, I can't love you no longer because something happened to me and so now I can't love you. Joseph had all of those things and they were justifiable. To never ever trust again, to never ever believe in anybody ever again, to never love again, to never, to never encourage people ever again, he. I mean, f- talk about rejection. Going through that, that's that's a whole, being rejected is miserable. He went through all those emotions. He went through all that whole entire situation. He lived his life like that. And I don't think a lot of us we go through those seasons. We forget that we were made. We actually were made to love people. Joseph was made to love his brothers and sisters, and he could and brothers and he could have he could have not. And you could not love the people that are around you. You could not love the people that you go out there and see. me Like I don't, I don't want to encourage the people that are out there. I don't even that I don't know. Why would I encourage them? I, and what happens is we don't want to encourage them, and then we, we build up a wall around ourselves, and it's hard for people to come in and love us. I walk up to people all the time. I try to give them a hug, and it's like, bro, I don't want you to hug me because I don't want you to love me. And it's like, well, you don't, you know, with me, it's you're you're stuck. <laughs> it's like I'm like, hey, 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 you know, hey, like I'll chase you around. I, I told Diana that night. I said, you know, I have this, I have this thing. I don't know what it is, but like I. I love people so much that I just, God's given me this way about asking the right question <laughs> that opens the door for a next level kind of question. And I've always got a next level kind of question. So if you to me, hey, I'm fine, that's code for me to say, hey, well, tell me what's going on. What's, what's good then? <laughs> if you're fine, tell me, tell me how great it is. I want to know. I like good stories. Tell me what you got. And the next thing is like, oh, crud. <laughs> and they're like, crud. I just captured my words as I said. They're like, oh, crud. I don't really have, it's, it's really not, okay, it's not good at all. You know, and then it's tears, you know, and I'm not crying because I bottle my emotions up. You know, I'm like, well, you, you know, you can cry and I, I'll help you, you know, like I'll help you find someone that can cry with you, you know, and we go through life like this where we have a good reasons. We think that we have good reasons not to love the people that are around us, but they're, biblically, they're, they're not. <laughs> they're just not. You know what I've, what I've found out in life, I, I, heard, I heard this as just in, in preparation, but if, if, you, if you aren't right with people, it's going to be really hard to be right with God. If you aren't right with people, it's going to be really, 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 really hard to be right with God. I mean, the Bible tells us, hey, we're called to love people. We're called to encourage people. We're called to encourage people. But if we're not doing that, we, we, every week we've opened up with this, this, this thing that love is, Love doesn't envy. Love doesn't, love doesn't boast. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't keep record of wrong. But you know what we've gotten really good at? It's easy for us to keep a record of wrong. I say this about married couples all the time, or maybe just my marriage. Um, I feel like women, they, can I, I'm already saying it. I might as well say it. <laughs> I, every guy in here just engaged with me. Like they're not even. They're, they're listening. I feel like this. Maybe just my marriage. It may be all women. I don't know. But I feel like women are really good at remembering the bad times. <laughs> uh By the way, my brother got engaged last week, and that was him that said amen. He has a lot to learn, doesn't he, guys? <laughs> He's so far. <clears throat> they. It's like. Do you, something when I was talking. I'm like. Do you remember all any of the, do you remember some of the positive stuff? I like the veteran husbands in here. Like they're not even moving right now. Like some of you guys quit breathing. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> you don't want to have a sigh of relief because that's going to be like, oh, man, that, that, uh, we're in. I, I, okay, this, this, this is my church. <laughs> some of you guys are like, where do I join at? You know, like I'll join the dream team. You know, what do you want? You know, but I feel like we, I feel like that. And I feel like guys, we just, I think guys, here's why, guys, here, ladies, let me, let me help, help you out. Guys, we don't keep a record of wrong. You want to know why? Because we forget everything. We just, we don't, we don't remember the negative because we just literally, it just all, it goes in one ear and out the other. Have you ever said that about your, about your significant other? Because that's what we do. It literally does go in one ear and it goes out with it. We forget. I had a friend last night tell me something that he shouldn't have told me. <clears throat> and I was like, hey, bro, we're good. I already forgot about it. Like, it's just, we're, we're solid. I, I, I saw him a little bit later and he was like, the thing that, you know, don't bring up the thing that, you know, and it's, 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 a, it's a positive. He's like, hey, don't bring, up, don't bring up the thing. And I'm like, dude, I, I legit forgot. <laughs> but I think we've, gone, we've grown up and we've had a hard time. We've stopped loving. We've stopped. We've stopped and we've begun to build these, these walls up. And you know what? I, I, I realize that a lot of us here, we, we just, we want to be right with God, but we're not right with people. And it's hard to coexist those two. That's why I'm always trying to get us, that's why relationships are so important. That's why it's important for me that, you're, that, you, that we're together and that we're in community, that we're, we're, that we're agreeing with each other because when we do that, we're actually showing the world that we're his disciples. We're showing the world. I mean, that church, they get along so well. Those guys are, those, those guys are always getting along so well. Man, that those, those friends are always together and man, if they just get along with it. Man, the world can t- see that, man, there's something different inside them. Man, there's just something, something about them. I don't know what it is, but man, there's just they get along so well. I think because they get along so well, man, there's just man, God must be real in their life because how do they get along with that person. If anybody gets along with me, that must mean they're like a really super spiritual person because it's hard to get along with me sometimes. One of our, one of our girls this week, she goes, "Hey, you need to hire me." I'm like, "You don't want to work for me? It can't be easy." <laughs> <clears throat> but here's, here's what I want today. Here's what I, here's what I want. I, I want to end, and I don't have, I don't have a, a great way. I was talking to this, and she's like, "Is that? I don't know if that makes sense, but." Here's here's what I want here's where I wanted to land today. I think some of us in here today, we've we've built in our lives, we've built in our life, we have built in our life some unforgiveness. We've built it in. It's, it's built in. It's default. It's default mode. I, I love I love the iPhones because you can I, I like to resell them. But every time I resold one, there's a way to go in there and to reset it bring it back to factory, back to factory setting. And some of us in here say today, we need to go into our factory settings and forgive again, to believe in humanity again. Did you know this? There are good cops and there's bad cops. Did you know that there's good lawyers and there's bad lawyers? Did you know that there, are and good's a bad word, did you know that there are honest and dishonest people in the world? They're, they're, they're it, to say that one person is dishonest, that means that everybody's dishonest. That's really not fair. Did you know in my profession, most people that in what I do, people don't want to come to church because they don't trust the guy. Here I was. It. I was last night at Culver's, and the girl said to me this. She said, "Hey, where's Hope Church at?" I was wearing my Hope shirt last week last night, and she goes, "Hey, where's Hope Church?" I said, "We meet around the YMCA. You would love it." And, and I said, "Where do you go?" She goes, "I go to Hope International Church out in out in far out that way." And I said, "Oh, that's awesome." I said, I said, that's cool. She goes, I go to that church because I actually believe the pastor actually believes what he says and he actually lives it out. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> hey Lee, can you deal with this lady for me? <laughs> I, I, got, I was offended because basically what I thought she was saying was, my pastor does, but you probably don't. And some unforgiveness began. <laughs> I was like, dang, that's hard. Like that's cutthroat. But there are people who aren't in these seats today because they, they've, lost, they've lost hope in pastors in America. And it ain't hard to reason, it isn't hard to see why they haven't, because you can watch the news and, and lose hope in, in church and, and other Christians. It's 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 not. I'm digging in deeper because I want to I wanna change the I wanna change the perception of, of what we do. I wanna change people's perception of church and of church leadership. I wanna change I, I'm digging in deeper. I'm digging in that much deeper. So We've got to go in today, and we've got to we've got to do a hard reset in your life. You, we've got to change. we got to we've got to tighten down. We've got to we've got to do something that's going to allow us to to forgive. In this room here today, you probably have you can think of someone that you need to forgive. I promise you, if you forgive them, it doesn't mean you know if if, I'm, if, if Matt offended me, which he never has, or if I've offended Matt. I think all of us, we, we grew up in, these, in this culture We gotta go to Matt and say, hey, Matt, I dude, I dude, I just, dude, you're a jerk, but I'm gonna forgive you. <laughs> That's not a good way to ask for forgiveness, by the way. <laughs> hey, you're a jerk, I need to forgive you. Like, I know you didn't mean to be the way that you are, but I need to forgive you. <laughs> or, me to go to, or me to go to Matt and say, hey, Matt, I did, I, bro, I did you dirty. Like, I need to ask you for forgiveness. I need to, I need, I need you to, I need to make things right with you. You know, that, that is a way to forgive. But there are some people that if you had to forgive them, if you had to get in proximity, you know, if you got that close to them, you would punch them before you forgave them. You're like, I'm just, they're just that close. You know, I heard some guys say, if I ever see that guy, <laughs> just the other day, I would just, you know, I would take him out and I'm like, awesome, let's, let's pray now for you. <laughs> We've got to begin to forgive. It does, it, it may mean that you go to the person, hey man, I forgive you, but it may mean that in your house, you'll say, listen, I, I've been letting, it's, maybe it happens right here, and then say, God, I've been holding on to this unforgiveness in my life. I'm going to let that person go. I'm going to let them off the hook. And you'll begin, you'll begin to live again. Here's what I know. Here's what I want you to get. Freedom follows Forgiveness. And by the way, freedom is the thing that we all want. Everybody wants freedom, everybody wants freedom. One of our friends this past week, she said, I'm two years, I'm two years sober. I said, give me a freaking hug. I was so excited, two years, that's huge. That is huge, I'm like, that is awesome because she got freedom in a thing in her life and everybody wants freedom. Everyone, one out of one people, they were—they're dying for freedom. They would love freedom, but we can't have freedom if we're holding people hostage, and we have other people unforgiven. We gotta begin to let them, let them go. And hey, as I'm looking around the room, I know some of you guys are like, "Dude, don't talk about forgiveness." I because in church, forgiveness is the F word. It is like, "Dude, I don't, Just don't make me forgive Forgiveness frees you. It doesn't let them off the hook. It lets you off the hook, because people that wronged you right now, that you need the person you think about forgiving, they're not thinking about you. Be awesome if they were. That might make us all feel better, but they're not. It's possible that they're probably. It's possible they're wronging somebody else right now. But that's not your problem. You can't free somebody else. You just can't do that. There's only been one person in the world that's ever freed somebody, forever. And his name is Jesus. Do you want freedom today? Do you want the people that are around you? Like, like, and here's the thing, like, you don't have, you, you need a new, you need new people in your life, but you don't trust them. Or you can't, you can't, yeah, when you, you don't have that freedom, so you can't trust more people. You can't begin to add some layers, layers around you. I called Diana the other day, and she's like, hey, how was lunch? I said, it was weird. And I, she's like, you ate by yourself, didn't you? I said, yes, I, that's weird. I don't like doing that. I'm built for people. I was talking to my friend of mine this week, and I was like, hey, man, you're built for people. We all are. We're built for people. I think about you guys all the time. I can't wait. I mean, Sunday is like when Sunday ends. I talk to Lee about Sunday, like, Lee gets to do what he loves to do every single day. And, like, I, and I get to do it every single day, too. Just it, the, the party happens. The party happen, only happens once, once a week, and I love it. I love that. I look for this all the time. I'm always saying, "How man? How do we get? How do we, you know, how do we get more people there? How do we get more people there? How do we get more people there?" Like, like this is the stuff I worry about. This stuff is so stupid. I'm like, "Hey, babe." Transparency moment. People only come to church like twice a month, three times a month. You guys are killer at it. Most of you guys are like killer. You, some of you guys, you don't miss. Lee's been here for a long time. He's he's been here for a little over a year. He's missed like three times because he wasn't in in this in the city. But some people like they wake up and they're like, "Dude, I'm not going today. Tired. Whatever the reason is." So, I'm like, my friend, this, is, this kind of stuff, this is, what church, this is what church people do. I'm like, babe, I think if we sent the church email out that very few people open, if we send it out Saturday, I think more people would come to church on Sunday. Like, that's the kind of stuff I like. And the reason why I want more people to come is because I want more people to be free. I want everybody to be free. Like, there's not a person that I don't want to be free. I want the people that are in jail to be free. You're like, man, that's pretty savage. <laughs> yeah, I want everybody to be free be free. I want you to be free. You're here today. I want you to be free. And I know you want to be free. But it's going to be really hard until you forgive. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. It should be our, it should be our mantra. It should be our mantra because freedom follows it. Freedom follows forgiveness.